Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Sully's Open Conversation, the show that aims to have an unfamiliar conversation in a familiar environment. Today I have taken the short trip to Earlsfield to come and meet with Natalia. Welcome Natalia. Hi, hi everyone. <laughs> How are you doing? Nervous. <laughs> How are you? It better. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, thank you. Good. Um, I will say now I'm sat in a slightly odd position. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a bit of an funny. incident last week where uh, I'm waiting on getting some MRIs because I potentially may have fractured my coccyx um, from my own stupid doing. Um, but anyway, we're here in Natalia doing another episode. Um, so if you'd like to introduce yourself Yes. Now. Okay, I'm Nat. I work for Penguin Random House. I'm a campaign manager there. I've actually only worked there for a couple of months now. Um, but love it. It's so good. And it's really nice that I get to work in a space where I get to use, not use, but like my, one of my hobbies is like reading and like finding out how other people like perceive things and oh, like nice. that sort of thing. So it's really nice that I get to do that in my day to day now. Um, you asked me at the beginning what I've seen or what I've been doing that's like a positive. <laughs> um, and George actually reminded me that I, I have been, yeah, he had to remind me that I have been sober for almost a month, Woo! which is great. But I say that, but I mean, I've, I mean, it's off my own back to be honest. I kept putting it off um, and kept making excuses for myself and kind of saying that like, I can't not drink this month because it's this person's birthday or yeah, I've got yeah. too many plans and like if I don't drink I'll look like a weirdo and you make excuses for yourself don't so you so stupid and I just thought no do you know what sober October like as the saying goes and I've nearly done it two nice. days to go so. congratulations thanks so that's something that I've been doing that's like quite positive um also trying to start running a lot more like I've been listening to quite a lot of podcasts recently um, and I think it was Fern Cotton's Happy Place, mm -hmm. where she was talking with Richard E. Grant, and he basically every day posts a video of himself running, but like talks to his followers like whilst he's doing it. Right. And they like went into so much depth as to like how running makes you feel so much better, like how you get back from a run and like you barely ever, if not never, if not never, if not never, like feel bad for going yeah like you'll yeah. always feel better after so i'm really trying to like take that up as well but like one thing at a time like tick the overload. alcohol yeah, thing yeah yeah um which is good so yeah amazing going amazing going and uh so the most important question is how have you been feeling mentally recently oh my god okay big question heavy question um i guess it's easy to just say yeah fine like I've been fine and like things are going really well and it's just easier to just gloss over everything it is, yeah, yeah. um I'm not saying I've like had a really tough time recently but I think we get a bit bogged down with just saying like yes or no and it's not just like black or white um so my answer to that is it's been all right <laughs> I've been all right um but there have been instances where I like feel quite overwhelmed at times or like I feel my anxiety, like which is something that I've kind of suffered with for quite a couple, like quite a long time, couple of years. Um, it like comes in and out in mm -hmm. waves quite a lot, and recently has been like where where that has been happening quite a lot, which is weird because I thought taking alcohol out of the equation would which, really help yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, reduce that. But now I'm actually seeing that's probably not the issue here, Nat. Like you're not really listening to what you need, or like I don't know what would help you. 
in this like feeling removing removing alcohol from the situation will certainly remove a factor that could induce yeah. anxiety as well which is a massive positive factor but removing that from the situation entirely obviously will get you to understand if there are other things causing it yeah. as well then I suppose yeah it's weird like <clears throat> I'm one of those people and I've only like recently realized this that if something is going wrong like in my life or that sounds so deep again like I, when I'm when I'm saying these sorts of things I don't want people to think <laughs> like oh my god is that all right like I'm, yeah I'm all right um but when I think that something isn't a hundred percent I'll always think oh but if I do this or when this happens everything will be fine I always feel like there's something that I'm going to do that will some extra step missing that you yeah will, will get you to that place exactly or it's like oh I'm feeling this sad but like in a couple of years I'll be in this position like I won't have like a couple like okay talking realistically a couple years ago um, way before me and Nick like were in a position where we bought our first home in our flat in Ellsfield, which was beautiful and I loved it. I always felt so much anxiety about certain things and I'd always remember thinking like, it's okay because as soon as I move out and as soon as I've got my own space, that will fix everything. And then once you get into that position and you're like, okay, I'm in the flat now and I'm in my own space and I'm in my own home, you realise that doesn't solve anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't say to yourself like, this is going to resolve it. This is going to tick everything and make it like make it better. It's not because actually you're just brushing everything else under the carpet mm. and you're not listening to like what's actually wrong or what's happening in that instance that's not allowing you to be fully fulfilled and fully happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I am a sucker for doing that. <laughs> like I will admit it, and it is really bad. But I use that as a way of like coping with my anxiety in the short term. Right, right. whereas actually looking for that long term is also causing the anxiety as yeah. well. So it's, I had a really interesting conversation with my dad a few months ago and it was about, are you outcome orientated or the journey orientated? Because mm -hmm. there are so many people in professional careers that are constantly looking for that next step. Oh, if I'm in that position, yeah. I'll be happier. Or yeah. if, and then I'll certainly get to that part. But then they'll eventually reach I don't know if they ever have that kind of, mm -hmm. that, that outcome that they want to achieve, but they've missed out on the entire journey. Everything else, yeah. That's the thing. And like, I've spoken to quite a few people um, before that have said, oh, I'm at like, for example, assistant level. But I know when I get to manager level, like I'm going to be the happiest I'm ever going to be. And it's like, actually, no, you're mm. not. You need to basically look at every single step before you get to that manager level and take it in and enjoy it and then enjoy the rest of what's to come. Yep. And I think we just get so bogged down with like, oh, but I'm not there yet. And everyone around me seems to have everything sorted. Like, why don't I? Mm. And like, the grass is hard. greener kind yeah. of perspective. Exactly. <clears throat> like, that looks so much nicer over there. I want to be with the cool kids. Like, why am I here over on my when own? you're not actually enjoying what you yeah. have in the moment. And that's mindfulness. So that's, that's yeah. being in the moment. That's being present and being aware of where you are and what you have and everything that you've come yeah. through in order to get to that position as well. Yeah. It's an interesting... I was, I was just going to say, I'm really bad at doing that. <laughs> so I'm probably the worst person to be on this podcast. <laughs> no, joking. Um, but yeah, I'm really bad at doing that. I get so in my own head about things. Mm -hmm. And like, I know that I should maybe, you know, take a couple of minutes, sit on my own and like, just think about, right, 
well, let's weigh up your options here, Nat. Why are you feeling like this? Like, has something changed or like triggered you during the week or like, I don't know, just have bad thoughts come into your head because of a certain thing that's happened. Mm -hmm. I don't do that. Like I tell myself I need to do it, but I'll never do it. So it's like, I'm always in this constant cycle of being like, I know how I need to get better, but I won't but do you it. Won't do it. Yeah. It's putting thoughts into action. Yeah. In a way. And that, I mean, boiled down to that is, um, what's the word for it? Uh, when you're, when you're trying to procrastination, there we go. I'm literally go. queen procrastinator. Cause if uh, I certainly have heard from other people that struggle with anxiety that, holding themselves accountable to what they yeah. say. So if they have a thought or, or want to do something, then either writing it down, putting it in a calendar, setting a timer. I set timers for a lot of my things now. If I say I need to do something, I set a timer because it's a trigger. Yeah. If there's nothing other than your thoughts or your mind telling you to do it, mm -hmm. chances are we, we want to we kind of sit in our comfort zone, don't yeah, we? We, 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 do. wanna, we? We want to kind of not hide away, but but be very protected um, and not holding yourself accountable and, and, and not doing the things that you say you want to in your own head. That, 100%. Then, they're then not real. Yeah. As I've always been told, thoughts are not fact. So if they are just running around your mind and you say you want to do something, that's as real as bombarding horrible thoughts that say you want to do something and you don't do it. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Oh my God, that's so clever. I've never like, thought of it in that way. But like, that's really funny that you said that thing about the timers. Like, I, when I was like 17, 18, or like maybe in like the first couple of years of uni, see it, like 18, 19, whatever, I went through a phase of, it's not really a phase. Like, <laughs> whoever, knows, whoever knows me really well, and if they listen to this, they're gonna be like, nah, it's not a phase, you still do this. <laughs> um, I started setting alarms for absolutely everything. Really? Everything. It almost got to a point where it was quite like, obsessive and if I didn't set alarms I felt like my whole day had no structure wow. I felt really out of place I felt like I didn't have control over anything I was doing so it was things like okay you've got your normal alarms to wake up for me it was literally an alarm to open my eyes an alarm 10 minutes later to like stretch an alarm like probably like 15 minutes later to tell me to get out of bed then I'd faff around in my room for a bit <laughs> then an alarm to get in the shower an alarm to dry my hair, like if I was drying my hair that day, like it was really stupid things. And like, you've got 10 minutes to, before you need to leave to go mm, to your lecture. You've got, like, time, you've got set time It was table every for single, like if every five minutes in the day, if you were to look at my phone now, there is an alarm for that. Not that they're on, right? but, but they're there right. in case I ever need them, which it was almost like a bit of a safety blanket. And mm -hmm. I didn't realize that was like my anxiety, like coming into play with that. I genuinely thought like, I'm just a bit weird. <laughs> Like, I'm just a weirdo that just, that just loves alarms. Like, I love being told that I need to go and get in the shower and wash my feet. Do you it's, know what I mean? Like, it is, yeah, it's an interesting just, concept to have, to, ha to, to think that that is control yeah, for you. Yeah, when actually something else is controlling me yeah, in that yeah, moment. Like, completely. that alarm is telling me what to do, but I saw it as like, no, I'm telling myself because I set them. Yeah. So it was like really... It's a bit of a, <laughs> that's really um, it's a bit of a mind fuck, to be honest. It's like, that's real Matrix. Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was something that I started to do and a lot of my friends picked up on it um, and would always say like, bloody hell, Nat, like another alarm. And I said, it's fine, it's fine. Like, it's just to tell me I need to put my chips in the oven or whatever. 
I was lying. It was actually telling me like, remember to drink water because yeah, you haven't yeah. drank enough water today. But I was making up excuses wow. saying, no, actually it's for this. When it got to a point where it was like, I'm reminding myself to do little things in order to, again, sounds dramatic, but keep me alive. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. got to a point where I was like, I'm not drinking enough water, like I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. But they were things that I had to be doing mm -hmm. in order to feel okay. Like, yeah, yeah. So it was really odd. And like, I still do have like a couple of alarms that I set throughout the day. Um, how, did you, how did you focus on reducing down those alarms? Did oh my God, it was so bad. Like, really? it got really obsessive, as I said. And I actually had a conversation with my mum about it. I think we were on holiday. And she kind of said like, nah, I think this is getting really, like we'd be sunbathing and she'd hear my alarm inside the house. Really? Going, like my alarm's going off. She was like, what's this about? Like, you know, why, why are you setting these alarms and stuff? And I kind of like, no one had ever asked me that. Like mm -hmm. no one had said like, what's the reason for this? And so when she did, and I basically like opened up to her and I was like, I don't know, like it just helps me like get on with my day. She was really like, not, con I wouldn't say concerned, because like that to me, concern is quite a negative word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like, what's wrong? Like, what's She's wrong with compassion. you? She's showing compassion. Compassion, yeah. I think compassion is the best word. <laughs> Look at that, thesaurus. <laughs> um, yeah, so she showed quite a lot of compassion, but like didn't tell me that like there was anything wrong with me. It was almost like, okay, if that makes you feel better, fine, like keep doing it. But have you thought about condensing them down? Mm -hmm. And like that was really useful. So to have that conversation with my mum, someone who I never thought I would have a conversation about, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, feeling obsessive about something or my anxiety and things like that, it was really nice. And I then started to just like, yeah stop putting as yeah, many yeah, yeah. um and it's crazy to think that just that conversation all i needed was a conversation about it 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 suddenly put you into the moment didn't it it suddenly yeah. made you realize Literally. the here and now because yeah. our minds it's just so easy how they can just drift and like you you won't even realize it and then i'll 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 like snap back into like reality on the yeah. sofa and be like i've just been in a full-on daydream for about 10-15 minutes and yeah. not knowing what the hell has gone on. Yeah, I do it with my friends all the time. Um, <laughs> love you all and I do listen to everything you say. Um, but we'll be having conversations about, I don't know, the most random stuff and I'll just drift off for what feels like hours mm. and it's been like three minutes mm. and then I come back in the room and they're like still talking and like I can pick up, I know it sounds so bad, but like, I can pick up on what the conversation's about yeah, yeah. just based on what they're talking about. But like I always feel bad after. I'm like, why did I leave this room mm. for a couple of minutes? Like it's really odd. So that's the more work that I kind of do in um, mental health, because mental health as a whole has changed complete meaning for me now. It's actually, so I think the correct definition is the emotional, psychological, and social well being mm -hmm. of a person. So that means that you're emotionally and psychologically stable enough to operate in society. Whereas things like absenteeism and presenteeism, which is basically being at work and not being able to work, yeah. so your, your mind's drifting, that's, that's, an abs that's, that's mental deterioration, basically. That mm -hmm. is your mental, you're, like, you're not able to stay focused enough for a long period of time to actually yeah. have the attention span to listen to that entire conversation, mm -hmm. which I don't know if someone said that to me a few years ago, I'd be like, that's really rude. Like <laughs> you actually said, <laughs> don't have the but, attention span but, for but, you. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, 
this this is where it all comes in. This is mental health. Yeah. This is exactly what it is. It's not just you, you don't have to be mentally ill to, to. But this is the thing. Like this is sorry, I didn't mean to like cut no, into go for you, it, but go just because like the thing that really annoys me about you know when people say like oh that person's got mental health issues or they've got a mental health problem, those words issues and problem is so negative mm. and it's like actually there's nothing wrong with that person like they just need a bit of help that's yeah. fine and we all do but I think it's difficult because when someone says that I literally just want to like say to them like do you even realize what you've just said like you have put this person in a box already and pushed them a bit yeah. to the side and it's like that's what annoys me because it's yeah, I just the language think, surrounding it. Is... I just think like there's just there needs to be so much, so many more conversations about it, and so much more knowledge needs to be, but like you know, verbalized yeah. like maybe in like group settings. I feel mm. like it's all well and good having like one on one conversations, but you barely ever get group settings. So it should be taught in schools. I uh, think that's a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like when I think about when I was at school in primary school, I don't think I ever learned about mental health not not at all at all not at all i don't think it was ever taught like i just yeah literally have no concept even uh, like you, it's that thing that you're just there to like teach yourself yeah. like deal with it like yeah like actually discover it for yourself a lot of people that like how how you how you meant to learn and understand that yourself and no one everyone else around you's feeling yeah. it but no one's speaking about it. Yeah. And then it obviously feeds into the fact of you feel like you're the only person that has a problem. Mm. You know, there's that word, a problem. Like, mm. you you feel like you're the issue. Why do I feel like this? Why do I get really sweaty hands? Why am I, Why do I feel like I'm about to faint? Everyone else in the room looks fine. Like, why is it just me? And then you start to then doubt yourself put yourself in a box. Mm. Someone else doesn't need to do that for you if they haven't already. Like, you're doing that to yourself. To yourself, yeah. And it's so, like, negative. It's so oppressive. It's so overwhelming because it's like, I'm the issue here. What's wrong with me? Why am I not good? <laughs> like, it's sad, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. And there are a lot of, so, a lot of these issues or problems, <laughs> like yeah. you say, a lot, a lot of these can span or start from that age where you should have been taught yeah. it when you were a kid. 100%. Because that is the early prevention. That If you can get in there at an early early stage, you can prevent far worse or, or yeah. things happening. I definitely agree. And like this is the thing. Like I've had a therapist for, I think, I'm going to say like four or five years. Amazing. Best thing I ever, ever did. Like... I genuinely didn't realise I needed a therapist until I had my first session. And it was actually my mum and dad, shout out mum and dad, love you guys, that pushed me to do it. And I was in a really bad place without realising the severity of it. Um, and my dad turned around and was like, you know, Nat, I really think you'd benefit from speaking to someone professional. We're always here for you and your friend's always here for, me, for you. But speaking to someone that might be able to give you a bit more of what you need is mm -hmm. gonna really help you in the long run. And I kind of just brushed it under the carpet for a while and I was like, no, I don't need help, I don't need help. Like, needing help makes me look weak. Mm. And I was just so scared of looking like something was wrong with me. Anyway, did it and I love it. And it is that thing of, you, you won't always find your 
perfect therapist yeah, the first yeah, yeah. time round. Yeah. I was fortunate and lucky enough to have that experience. Um, but I think it's important to find the right person. Oh, yeah, gotcha. It's about the relationship. A hundred percent. You're there for yourself. A hundred percent. You don't want to be in a room and feel like you're... you're trying to please someone or you're yeah. Trying, yeah, trying to force a relationship. Or you're like, telling your whole story to and it's going in one ear and out the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, you know, what are you going to like gain from that? Mm. Nothing. Um, if anything, you just make you worse because you're just exactly. like, no one's listening to Walk me. away and just feel like, I'm, I'm futile. Like, yeah. what's, the, what's the point here? Like... So, yeah, she um, actually said to me, like, in one of our first sessions was, in order for you to understand where your anxiety comes from, Nat, you really need to dive in to your earliest memories of when mm -hmm. you were younger. Because there are so many things, like, she basically said to me, I'm not saying that your childhood was bad, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying it was perfect, but you need to think about elements and moments in your life from when you were little that maybe now play a factor. And gotcha. Like, you know, At even that if age, it was... your brains are a sponge. Exactly. Like, even if it was... This is just an example. I don't know why it's coming into my head. But, you know, you're going to get your lunch at primary school and someone jumps in front of you in the queue and pushes you out the way and they take the last thing of what you wanted. Like, if I felt sad in that instance, like, in that instance, in that moment, mm -hmm. that could now play a factor as to in why I feel a bit, like, out... Like, if someone pushes outsider. in the queue, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like... 100%. I don't 100%. know, like, I, but I didn't realise that. I thought, she's fucking loony, like, do you so, know what I mean? We're so, what's the word? Um, we're so exposed at such a young age to, mm -hmm. and we don't understand it at that point yeah. as well. So when we grow up, we're like, oh, that was nothing. Mm -hmm. At that point and at that age, that could have melt, meant the absolute world to yeah. you. That could have, like, Literally. destroyed or made your entire But that's childhood. what we just don't realise is, like, Actually, in order to get better mm -hmm. and understand ourselves, and like, I know obviously with therapy, like there are a lot of people are fortunate in having it, especially private. And if you're going to go, you know, through other places, there's a lot of like waiting lists and whatnot. But I think it is so important that you do start to delve into younger ages and yeah. start thinking like, okay, I'm now doing this, but like, what was I doing when I was younger that maybe is a factor as to why I'm doing it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've like been doing a lot of like digging in my own like childhood and stuff and there are a lot of things that I now pick up on. Yeah. That yeah. I'm like, oh little Nat was so sad. <laughs> like, you know, why 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 did she feel like that? She didn't need to feel like that. But now I understand like that's why certain things make me feel the way they do. Um I had this so Classic, I found it on TikTok, but... Oh, <laughs> we, no, we love TikTok. We do love TikTok, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I came up on my few page, because obviously I, I like a few things that come up with mental health and yeah. depression and mindfulness and things like that. And there was this type of therapy or meditation called like... It wasn't past self, but it was like... It's basically your younger self. Mm -hmm. And it tells you... It's playing this music and it talks you through like your sat in your own cinema screen. Oh my god. And on the screen is just a bunch of clips when you're a child, like good, oh. bad, sad, happy. And you can like jump into those clips and tell yourself like as a younger person what you're going to be able to do and what you do. Oh my god, that's so I started sad. crying. In I'm that. literally I getting serious. Yeah. <laughs> oh my it god. It was amazing. 
like just to have that in my imagination and again this comes back to the stereotype of meditation has to be you're not thinking of anything that's yeah, totally you've got to close wrong. your eyes yeah, you need to sit totally with crossed wrong. legs like yeah, no yeah, yeah. it's just not. not like that at all and i was just in absolute amazement i was i was changed just in that tiny moment because you're you're not just constantly focusing on the future there like you say like yeah. you're looking for your next promotion or like what will make me happier it's what have you done mm -hmm. in that time from when you were that age to now yeah. to make you here right now? Mm -hmm. And that's what's most important because we don't appreciate yeah. the journey. We, we're so guilty of not appreciating the journey enough. And then when you get to the place that you want to be and you don't feel fulfilled, you're like, something's missing. It's that pressure, isn't it? Mm. It's feeling that if, if I was, you know, well, that again, would you be happy as to where I am right now? Because I'm not happy mm. and it's that pressure of like focusing more on everyone else around you and I do this quite a lot I think about the past a lot and I almost like what's the word punish myself for certain things because I'm like oh but I was like a little shit back then or what I did to that person was really mean I should now punish myself for it and it's that pressure isn't it it's mm. like but you don't need to do that why yeah. it's been why, and gone yeah, leave yeah. it just let it lie like why are you trying to like resurface bring, it yeah and it's just not nice it's like you know bringing that baggage on with you i'm not saying it's not necessarily baggage but it's like it, how are yes. you gonna be able to keep going if when you've that's got stuff weighing that's weighing you down and yeah. like trudging you like it's and it takes a lot to release the, the yeah a hundred percent mold over 15 20 years yeah. like that's a hell of a long time <laughs> to then just God. be like right i'm done with it yeah it's a it's a it's a long old process, but it, it's so necessary. A hundred percent. So so necessary, and it's I like even even some of my friends will say like I don't need a therapist. What are you talking about? Yeah. I'm like, you don't need to be struggling. You don't you don't need to be in a bad place. Yeah. I promise you, like going to therapy will make you perceive yourself, become more self aware. And therefore, see a different projection of society and yeah. how people are. Yeah. You value. You value. You begin to value different things. Mm -hmm. Like prior prior to any kind of therapy, and when I was very unhappy, I was prioritizing monetary, materialistic things mm -hmm. that I think gave me happiness. And then through all of that, and then I'm out the other side, and I'm like, that is just a means to an end. That that that. That would obviously allow me to live a more comfortable life. Yeah. Which, of course, some people don't get the privilege to, which is really mm -hmm. sad. But it's that isn't the end goal. That can't be the end goal. If that's the end goal, that's why we've got society, a capitalist society of people trying to get to the top and make as much money as possible and make change. Like, realistically, you see people do that. They get so poisoned by mm -hmm. that kind of culture and kind of ethics that once they are there they've totally forgotten why they wanted to get there in the first place and now they're just kind yeah. of indulging in it's so bad isn't it like getting into those habits and thinking like yeah this is going to help me um like i used to be addicted to shopping mm. like it was really bad to the point where i was probably getting like an asos parcel like every day um, and I was using that as a wait. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ! I like, was that delivery driver going? Yeah. <laughs> like we were on name terms. Yeah, my WhatsApp and everything. <laughs> um, but it was really bad. And you know, things like 
Okay, I know obviously I don't want to dive into too much about like what I'm about to say, but things like Klarna, where you can buy now, pay later, it more accessible. that made it so much harder to step away yeah. from an addiction that I didn't see as was making me worse, mm -hmm. like was making my anxiety and sadness worse. And like, it is, re it is really hard to step away from that because it's like, if it's this easy to just go online and buy myself something to make myself feel good, why doesn't everyone do this? Mm. Like, why am I the only one that's, like, doing this? And it got really bad and really out of hand. And, yeah, it, was, yeah, it just wasn't a nice place to be because I just felt like I was, like, doing it to make myself feel better. Yeah. But then I still felt shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, it is, it's almost like, it's like, let's say, gambling and stuff. Like, yeah. it provides you with that rush Instant. of dopamine. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it goes and then you're yeah. like... What, like, yeah, see ya. What? Like, another one, <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, when we were on that cruise, me and George have been on a cruise together, everyone. Um, it was great, like, we would go to the casino, we'd pop in, like, you don't know, 10 euros, pressing all the buttons, yeah. like, yeah, this is amazing, and then you lose your money, and it's like brilliant, yeah, like, so. that's yeah. Um, I'm not saying that we've got, <laughs> we've not got gambling, gambling issues, no no, 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 um, so when did you first notice that your anxiety and oh things God. were getting? Um, or was it you that noticed it? Was it someone else? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it comes back to that time where I was like setting a lot of alarms for mm -hmm. myself. I think definitely during uni was where, or actually when I came back from uni. So I was probably, well, 2021. Yeah. Um, which actually is only five years ago. But to me, that it feels like it should be like 10, 20, like, well, 20 is a bit dramatic, but like a long, long time ago. So, yeah, a lot has happened in those years. But when I was at uni, my mum was like very unwell and had breast cancer. And that really, really affected me. But I didn't deal with it. Right. I really just... Pushed it away. Yeah, pushed it away. And like, it was almost like going to uni was a blessing in disguise because I was far away from something bad that was happening. And I got to choose when I got when I would go home and visit, or you know if Mum really needed me. And my brother was still really young. And like now looking back at it, like I do always feel really bad for that time. And like I really wish I was there for my mum, my dad, my brother, like all three of them. Um, and obviously majority my mum, because um, I just felt feel like I was such a bad daughter and just wasn't there for it's her. It's dealing it in different ways though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, my way of dealing with it was. If I don't see it, it's not there. It's not a problem. It's not an issue. See no evil, speak no evil. Exactly. Um, so that really, really, like, messed me up a, li a little bit. Um, so when I came back from uni and mum was on, is it remission? I always get it. Remission, remission yeah, like, yeah, When you're getting better, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and she was, like, taking tablets for it and everything. That then started to kick in. Like, fuck, I could have really lost my mum. And like, what was I doing all this time? Why wasn't I at home? Like, you know, and it's that thing of like, no, but you do also need to be selfish and you need to think about your future and what you're doing. Yeah, of course, but that's all I was doing. Mm. And I don't think I was really balancing how I felt, how my family was feeling, but like weighing them up together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was probably when I started to realize like after I came back from uni or like near the end of uni, like fuck, like I've been really, shit here um and then since then like my anxiety just started to like spiral really i genuinely got to a point where i thought i had a brain tumor 
Really? I didn't think I was, I was anxious. I didn't think it was anxiety. I genuinely thought I was dying. Jesus. That's how severe it got. Where I was just like, why am I, what, what's going on with me? And loads of people were saying like, Nat, do you think maybe you're suffering with anxiety? Like, you know, you're saying this thing about how you always feel faint, like you're, you're always tired. Like it started to get really bad, like in social environments, like where I just wouldn't want to be with certain people, but I wouldn't know why I didn't want to be with them. They would just make me feel really, mm. now I know, anxious. Yeah. <laughs> but I genuinely oh, thought, the yeah, <laughs> there we are. Um, I genuinely thought I had a brain tumour. Wow. I drilled it like so much in my head so that me. I was ill to that extent that I started to believe it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then, so was that, did you then seek therapy? Was it? Yeah, so that was when it got really, really bad. Um, and like, yeah, quite a lot of things happened. And that was when my dad and my mum kind of sat me down after I'd been like in bed for like a couple of days, like back to back, and just didn't want to see anyone. Um, that's when they sat me down and they said like we think you'd really benefit from this mm. and we would really like you to do it because you know we're not prepared to lose our daughter and i massive think massive cred to them yeah it, it I mean, is it's obviously very scary both for you and for them yeah but to have a parents that are happy to yeah advise that and and give that as a recommendation Mm-hmm. Some parents, I mean, some parents even in themselves wouldn't go and seek therapy because they think it's because they need yeah. something wrong. But for them to actually say, look, this is something that you could definitely... Have they had it before? You... Um, I think my dad's had it before. Right, so they've got some sort of... Yeah, so he's running off the fact, like, it, I benefited from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So, which is really good. But mm. I guess, like, with that... Um, what's the word? Not age range. What am I trying to say? Generation. With that generation... I think there is still not actually not so much our parents, maybe our grandparents' generation. There is such a stigma mm-hmm. around mental health yeah, and yeah, yeah. seeking help and talking to someone that it was really nice to hear that from my parents. And I, even to this day, like the other week, my dad was round and he was saying to me, like, oh, I was talking to this person who, you know, their daughter or their son like suffers with anxiety and we were talking about it. And like, this sounds so silly, but that made me so proud to like sit there and be like, oh my God, my dad is They're talking to someone else about what I am going through. Not necessarily going into like the ins and outs of it, but having that open conversation with someone that I don't know. But it's just so nice that he's getting the word out there. Yeah. And I just thought that was so lovely to hear. And like, I felt that element of like proudness, which you don't really normally get, <laughs> yeah, get with yeah, like yeah, yeah. children with their pet. Like it's almost yeah. the other way around, but... Yeah, like I am yeah. very fortunate in that in that sense that they've they have been there as well. And like even like I mean, can I say names? Am I allowed to go for it, go for say it. names? Um, <laughs> no, I'm allowed to say names. Um, even my boyfriend Nick, like we have been together since we were fifteen, sixteen, right? That now is ten years down the line. That whole time Nick has been there and been next to me and helped me and pushed me to you know, be a better person. I get really teary about no, it because I think sweet. it's it's really nice to recognise like the like the good things that that person that other person has done for you. But ultimately, they've only pushed you so far. You've pushed yourself the yeah. rest of the way. Um, and I just think like it's just so lovely to know that there are people that want the want, your, want the best for want you. The best for you. Yeah. Like, you need to be the best, best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And then during those times, I didn't see that, and now. 
I reflect on that and I think like fucking hell. Like, <laughs> that's pretty sick. I, I that was really sick. Like, I really needed those people yeah, and yeah. they pulled through. For and they need you, that's the thing. It's, exactly. It's, it's reciprocated. Exactly. And that's what's really like sad is like a lot of people don't don't see don't that see and that. don't feel that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. They're less in tune and it is a very intense society and distracting one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just sitting down to yourself for 15, I've now, I've now taken upon, so if I do go away or go on holiday or have a nice weekend or whatever, I make sure that I have at least like 15, 20 minutes myself to just oh, rewind okay. the yeah. entire experience. Then yeah. I can relive it and actually process it, how I felt and, mm-hmm. and how it made me feel. And just, yeah, just all the memories. Because otherwise I don't feel satisfied. I don't feel like, I feel like it was just a rush and then it's done and then I'm yeah. back into normal You're not society fulfilled again. Yeah. At all. You need to have that recollection. You need to have that motion just letting it wash over your brain a bit yeah. otherwise if you just do it it's done and then you're on trying to f- chase the next thing 100 percent. there's no satisfaction exactly and it also comes down to as well like what's important to me what's fulfilling me mm. like like i've spoken to a couple of friends before that have said like i hate my job i don't want to be in this job like i don't feel happy and it's almost like leave then yeah <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to put it point like... blank leave the reason i'm telling you to leave is because it makes you feel that way exactly makes you feel like shit you're one of my closest friends Mm. and i'm seeing you unhappy like that's not fair on you yeah forget everyone else forget if like you know you're gonna piss off your manager for leaving fuck them they're not (laughs) good manager then do you know what i mean like and i think we spend such a long time in in work oh my god so many hours I, I understand that people aren't as fortunate to just be able to leave and get a new job yeah. or, or, or find a new job in specific areas and stuff. But if it genuinely makes you feel like that and you're in work for eight hours a day. Literally, if not more. For like, like 40, 45 weeks of the year. Yeah. Oh my God, it's ridiculous, you isn't really it? Gonna, and, this, and this is where it comes into workplace well-being and mental health. It's why it's so important is because you're there for that long it has such an impact and can be detrimental to your mental health and mm-hmm. mental well-being why are you not talking about it yeah why why are you why? not focusing on that in the workplace stress depression and anxiety made up like 60 percent of absences in the uk it's last ridi- year it's ridiculous but no one's doing anything about that no like there are so many companies that don't still to this day where met like this the conversation around mental health is so vast now from what it used to be. Mm. I still don't think we're there at all. Like, no, I think no, we're no. like in a very small like bracket. Yeah. However, it is a lot more vaster than how it was. But that's where it gets lost because if you get to the furthest outreaches and I've, yeah. I, I, I've seen corporate mental health be delivered and it's just like so far removed from yeah. what can actually benefit. Yeah. And it's almost like really corporate companies you are the ones that should be drilling in yeah 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 yeah. that we need to look after our mental health you are the ones that should have programs and workshops and people that come in and sit people down and say right i don't want to talk about anything to do with work today you guys are going to tell me exactly how you feel Mm. but be honest about it like sort of thing like they're the companies that need to really be drilling Mm. It's interesting because they're the companies that have the money, but they're also the companies that have so many employees that you can then just get mm-hmm. lost as like a cognitive yeah. machine. Yeah. Um, 
and to have that much control over that many employees are, mm-hmm. must be difficult. But this also leads on to, I don't think there are the programs and stuff out there Mm-mm. for them to take on, which no. is quite interesting is that it is still quite fresh and mm-hmm. certainly being brought into the workplace is very, very fresh. Yeah. So to have a, have a program that you can send your employees to, like being, being uh, mental, they have all these mental health training and things like that, but you're more aware, but you're not, fully understanding you're not mm-hmm. you're not actually qualified to deal with someone that is then going through an episode or yeah. or, or is having is in crisis yeah and the trouble is a lot of the culture which is brilliant you were saying you were proud about how your dad was speaking to someone else mm-hmm. so my dad's opened up about it quite a lot at his work that's so, amazing and that's obviously, it's, it's quite a big corporate and they did a, um for world mental health day a couple of weeks ago they've basically done with so they've done a conversation with my dad talking about everything that I've been through, which is oh. absolutely amazing. It is so, so, so cool. But they are now starting to kick into gear and really understand what it means to have mental health and yeah. what it means to have mental well-being in the workplace and having an environment that's safe and supportive for those that mm-hmm. don't feel as though that they can come out and talk about and talk it. talk about it, yeah. And I said, it starts from the top down. It cascades from the yeah. top down. Someone is only ever going to feel comfortable enough to talk about their mental health mm-hmm. if their manager has opened up about it or if they're just any of their superiors, just someone in... Because if it's, if it's from the bottom, it's just, it's just conversations between associates, yeah. do you know what I mean? It, it, there's a lot can be said at that point. Yeah. But if it's coming from up there and is then going down and down, mm-hmm. that is creating a, an inclusive culture for everyone to then take, be yeah. a part of. Exactly. And I think as well, just on that, like how you mentioned with, like, I don't know, assistant level, for example, that's just like you're having conversations about it. But nothing's happening. But you can't you can't influence real change because yeah. you're just at the bottom. Like there's no, yeah. you're, just, you're, you're answering to someone above exactly. you and they're answering to someone exactly. above them. And it, it has to start there because then it's then it's shot straight down and then it just will disperse so mm-hmm. quickly like so quickly a far quicker if some associate was like I'm going to try and make this campaign in this company the amount of bureaucracy to try and push yeah. that through the top levels and they're too busy doing their work and yeah, 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 yeah. it just gets lost immediately you'll feel fulfilled though yeah like, they'll oh, feel God, yeah. fulfillment God, from yeah, doing yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah needless to say will something happen from it yeah like you know is it going to reach the right person like so yeah, it is important that it comes from the top down. Because mm-hmm. I think as well, like, okay, talking strategically in terms of like, well, not strategic, that's the wrong word. <laughs> if Nick listens to this, he's going to be like, nah, you've said a lot of wrong words. Like, <laughs> he always tells me off. <laughs> um, no, it is kind of systematically. Yeah, but like think... pressure in the workplace yeah. comes from the top down. Yeah, yeah. Those are the ones that should be going. They're inflicting the... Exactly. Yeah. Apologies for putting this pressure on you. How does it make you feel that you're, you now have this amount of work? Rather than this has to be on my desk on Monday. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. You just want to spit in their faces, don't you? <laughs> don't do that. We don't still live in COVID times. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in terms of uh, work, have, has, has your anxiety and mental health ever impacted? And Oh my God, yes. Yeah. Like even just... I didn't even let you finish your sentence. No. Yet, but, <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Um, even just a couple of months ago, like obviously I said that I started my new job at Penguin, which I love, literally in love with the whole role, um, in August. So I've literally only been there, thank you, only been there for like, my maths, sorry bud, this is why I'm going into reading, not maths, um, so three, maths months? Like two, three months, yeah, yeah. 
three months. Um, right at the beginning, so uh, just to give a bit of perspective, like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> background, just to give a bit of background, um, my role before in my previous job was very work from home. We didn't have an office until the last couple of months as to when I was there, which was really nice and I loved, I just love interaction with people mm -hmm. in a workplace. But don't get me wrong, I do also love working from yeah, home yeah, some yeah. days. Like, There's perks of both. Yeah, I, I don't know how we ever did every single day in the office. But anyway, story for another time. Um, so to go into a role which was they had set days when you come into the office, you work from home these days, but also if you want to come into the office the other day, you can. Like, but we would like you on X days. The anxiety that I felt from going from a role that was predominantly work from home into you're in an office environment right now, and also not ever coming from a publishing background, I would literally sit in the first couple of weeks, I would sit in like the meetings and feel like I was going to pass out really? all the time. I always had to have um, my glasses next to me in case I got like a headache because mm -hmm. I just felt like that was a safety blanket put in the morning, like I just felt better. Um, always had to have like a bottle of water with me because I always felt like my mouth was going really dry and like I just couldn't speak or if someone asked me a question, like I'd stutter and like I really felt anxious in my first couple of weeks. And I still do sometimes, like... If someone asks me like a publishing specific question, and I'm like, oh God, like, don't, really know, <laughs> don't really know the answer to that. I'll try and like incorporate my knowledge on like marketing and like what I've already got, but like remind them and just mm -hmm. be like, oh, I'll just need to check the answer. Like, I was never doing that before. I just felt like, oh my God, I've got no idea what I'm doing. Like, this mm. is, world is just so like different. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, is the answer. Do you, do you feel yeah. comfortable? So, if, say you were feeling very overwhelmed and anxious, mm -hmm. do you feel comfortable enough to tell them exactly 100%, what's going on? 100%. And like, even things, like a couple of weeks ago, I think it was the beginning of the month, I did a 20K walk for Mental Health UK. Amazing. And it was insane. Like, I did it with my cousin, and we did like Race for Life with each other like a couple of years ago, and we just loved it. And I feel like now we've basically said to one another, like, when it comes to walks or races like this, let's always do it together. Nice. Um, and we met such amazing people, but I told my work that, like my immediate team, and I said, I'm doing like a walk, like if you guys want to like give any money towards it, like blah, 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 and everyone was so supportive. And like, I just get the sense that everyone cares about one another. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if someone's not in the office that day, it's like, <clears throat> why? Are they all right? Like, it's not just like, oh, they've got a bug, they're not going to be it. But are they okay? It's actually like a sense of community. Yeah. There is like a... Yeah. It's tighter than just work. Exactly. Yeah, nice. And for me to say that after only being there a couple so, of yeah. months... Wow. ...is... That's impressive. You know, impressive. <laughs> impressive. It is. And they are such a big company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Penguin are like... Amazing. Old type Penguin. I'm about to, I'm about <laughs> to plug out. them, shout them out. Like one of the biggest publishing like, yeah, companies yeah. ever. So it's amazing. To know that they have that stability in looking after their employees is just like, yeah, amazing. Amazing. So. Very cool indeed. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long we've been yeah, talking Yeah, it's getting, it's getting close to, <laughs> to finish. Uh, and it's been absolutely amazing. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. Yeah, I've loved it. So if there is one particular. <sighs> oh my God, okay. Mindfulness technique. Yeah. That you employ, that you think that others would benefit from if they tried it. Yeah. Uh, what would that be? 
Right, okay, this is really going to show now the homebody that I am. I think, and I've been doing this quite recently, if you have plans to do something and you feel really crap that day and you really don't want to do it, but you feel that pressure of like, I'm going to let these people, people yeah, down, yeah. don't go. Just don't go. Just say, Love it. no, I don't want to go today and I want to stay at home and look after my mental health. Like, you don't need to say that. To be honest, you don't need to say anything. Yeah, you don't need to, yeah. Just, just don't yeah. go. Yeah. And like that has really helped me because I was putting myself in situations where it was like, I'm forced to be here. Forced, yeah, 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 yeah. And now it's... And that's where you have no self-control as well. Yeah. Like, where, where, yeah. where does the line stop? Where does it stop? Yeah. Amazing. Where, where's the line in the sand? But like, I'm happiest at home. Yeah. I, love, <laughs> I love my home. So just say no. And it's beautiful, so... <laughs> Thank you, yeah. I mean... Little things that we <laughs> don't nitpick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't picky. Um, but yeah, that's absolutely fabulous, Aww, Natalia. Um, so lovely you. to see you, and thank you, you so much for coming on. Thanks. Thanks um, for having me. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for listening and watching. Yes. And we'll see you next time on Sally's Open Conversation. Thank you and goodbye. Bye. <laughs>